Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imaginations shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my interview today is with a young uh, Torontonian filmmaker by the name of Luke Galati. We talk a great deal about his passion and his commitment for, uh, for teaching, for Toronto, for sports, for relationships, and for communicating important messages through film and documentary and story and, and, and narrative and what it all has to mean. This is a great film. Uh, it's called Eastern. Uh, it was at the Regent Park Film Festival recently, uh, hopefully going to be able to see it in a variety of different places soon, whether that's going to be on CBC or Netflix or whatever uh, other platform uh, remains to be seen. But keep keep your eyes uh, open, follow Luke on Twitter, and uh, the film, it's called Eastern. It's, uh, uh, as, a, as an article uh, out of Ryerson recently says, a journalism student makes a slam dunk. This is a uh, interesting, fun film about urban life in Toronto. Luke talks about uh, Toronto being Manhattanized. How interesting is that? We talk about the implications of teaching and we talk about schools and lack of funding and gentrification and what are the impact uh, uh, impacts for, for people uh, in the city who, who are trying to, you know, make a difference in their lives. And, and, and uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's a really interesting film. It's a short film, great soundtrack. You're going to love it. Check it out. Luke Galati and the film is... Eastern. Our conversation is coming up. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking. You can even support my podcasting now on uh, patreon.com. You can find it out through uh, about more about that through my website and also rabble.ca where I appear for more of my own interviews, but plenty of others as well. Luke Galati and Eastern coming right up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today, a local guest from Toronto. Uh, sadly, we're not face to face, but uh, Luke Galati, he's a uh, film student and a documentarian. He's with us here today. Luke, thanks for taking the time. 
My pleasure, David. Thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, honored to be on your show. So we're going to talk about your, your first film, I understand. Uh, at, yes. Uh, that you started making it, I guess, 20 years old, a film that was uh, recently released uh, here locally uh, called Eastern. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about the film as we kind of move into this, you know, into this conversation. Absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in Toronto's East End. Um, so I live just by Pape and Dam Forest. Um, so like I'm a, I'm a city kid at heart. Um, grew up loving sports, obviously. Started with like soccer and then developed into hockey and then basketball really ended up becoming a love that um, has really blossomed over the years. And um, I guess just to start off with like how I kind of got interested in the story of Eastern Commerce um, High School. Um, so I lived just five minutes away from the school and uh, growing up I used to play basketball all the time. Um, I was coached by people who went to Eastern. I played with teammates who uh, represented Eastern Commerce. And there's always this kind of legendary tale of this program and this school. Um, Eastern was known as the powerhouse in Toronto basketball scene. Um, and I heard that the school was closing down. And it, it came as like a real shock to me because I went to the school just down the street called Riverdale. Mm. And Riverdale's like packed. Like they don't even let people in. There's like 1,500 kids. Like you have to be on a waiting list to get in. It's very exclusive. Hmm. And just down the road, there's a school, and then in its final year, in 2015, only 62 students are at the school, and nine of them play on the basketball team. And it was just really interesting to me in my own community. How is this possible? How is this happening? Um, so I kind of just, like, uh, started to um, so, get this documentary going. So, Luke, so did it... So, I mean, it sounds... Uh, I, I, de- I definitely want to ask you what you know. What what's the film about? Because for me, uh, it's it's really quite multi layered and quite lovely on so many levels. And by the way, congratulations! Mm-hmm. I re- really enjoyed it. It uh, thank I, you very much. Yeah, it's a, a piece. That. I hope you're I hope you're really proud of it because there's there's a lot going on. So so did you would you say you approached it um, kind of as a student? Did you approach it as a, a guy who loved basketball, or or mm. were you saying, you know what, how how is it possible that a block or two away we can have a school with fifteen hundred students and, and and another one that's been here forever with only sixty four students or sixty two students? Is that is that so? Did you start with a question? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, um, for me, being like a journalism student at Ryerson. Um, the need to like, ask questions and being curious has always been there for me. Um, and then I guess like it just started out with how is this basketball powerhouse of Eastern Commerce closing down? How is this, why is this happening? So I just went to the school, I wrote them some letters, um, and I just tried to make this documentary happen, try and make my vision a reality and like get the story out there because at the time I really had no idea why this was happening and why the school was closing down. Um, and it's really, I guess like the way I like to view the film once it all came together it's kind of like an onion that has so many different mm-hmm. layers to mm-hmm. it i'm sure basketball is at the core of the film and that's kind of like the glue that holds the film together right. in the final season and the chance to win a championship but like there's so many layers like there's the community there's the academic aspect just as much as the basketball film i think it's a film about education um and then there's also like the story of the students so like we profile um students who are like the final uh, eastern commerce students who are representative of like the last crop um, and then there's like the angle of the gentrification of the city and how the city's changing and the reflection. And then there's stories of um, the students who are from like communities such as Regent Park, where a film screened at the Regent Park Film Festival, um, and how how um, in a way Eastern Commerce is almost like a canary in a mine. Mm. It's like a it's a way it's like a once Eastern Commerce like the canary dies, it's kind of a reflection of how the city's changing in many regards. Um, so definitely like. 
the film is multi-layered, um, and that's something that I'm really proud of. I kind of just like came into it being like, oh, I, I want to learn more about this basketball program. But more and more, I really learned about this community. And like any community, um, it's, no community can be uh, like singled out as one thing. So that's definitely uh, something that well, we try to focus on in our film. It really, it really is a beautiful story about community and about the power of it and about the strength of it and about the nuance and all the things that... that that we're all connected to um, when, you know, when we are growing up, when we are sort of uh, going through those formative years, I guess you could say. It was really lovely to watch some of the guys, some of the players reflecting back, some of the teachers reflecting back on, you know, what it was like. And as you kind of cross-cut it with some of the photos and some of the old footage and so on, you know, I mean, for me, the film was about memory in, in, a, in a sense. You know, yeah. and, and in fact, one one of the guys didn't one of the guys that you interviewed say say something about, um, you know, that, that this is where I lived, and and you know the 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 city's moving in and replacing old memories with new faces. I think was the mm. line or something yeah, along those lines. Line, yeah, the line. Yeah, the Lon said that. Um, and I think that's like, it, it is kind of like like the Lon He's a he's a student from Eastern. Um, grew up in the Regent Park community. And for him, just being, just for me, imagining putting myself in his footsteps, very, uh, very troublesome because his community of Regent Park in the film, you see, um, one of our, I think what's kind of like the crescendo of the film is when he's reflecting on like his community and how it's changing. And he's like at this basketball court. And we originally, we just went to the basketball court to shoot him playing, get some shots. And then like all of a sudden he starts saying like, oh, back there, that's where I live. Right. And we're right. like, oh, what do you mean? We don't really see anything. And he's like, oh, well, that, that dirt pile, that's like the city's, uh, like doing construction and they tore down like my whole house and like where I grew up and where I grew up doing the things that I love doing, playing with my friends. So he's like, I, I'll never be able to go back to that and say like, this is where I grew up. This is like, this is my community. I'll never be able to like show my kids like where I grew up. And then at the same time, while this is also happening, um, DeLon's school is closing down. And it's very similar to Colin Charles mm. who joined us at the Regent Park Film Festival. He grew up as a Regent Park resident. And he also grew up um, as an Eastern Commerce like legend and as a great basketball player. And it's like both of the things that he associates most closely with his childhood are now gone. So well, what uh, was I think the, the well, I, definitely changing? Luke, I think I think the line too was something like, "There's there's nothing wrong with the old region," mm-hmm. you know. So there's yeah. this this do you, so do you, did did you get a sense that um, I mean for me for me this is, the film is also t- also very much about about urban life and about urbanization really in a sense like you said the, the gentrification of the area and and how mm-hmm. the how the Absolutely. condo is changing everything right yeah it's it's just it's reshaping the way community uh, I guess is going to be built I suppose in the future and that may not necessarily be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that often with, um, like, I was actually, because I'm still a journalism student at Ryerson, so I like, I was interested in just saying, wow, if DeLon's story was so powerful and he's one region park residents, like, this could be a whole other documentary just on how the city's changing and how this community's um, feeling the impact of it. And um, one thing that really, um, I guess, like, struck me is that, like, I was doing like, a lot of research and there's this one academic, um, she, I believe she's a professor at U of T, and one of the things that she was saying was that um, there's kind of like this repu- there's this um, idea that if um, a neighborhood is like low income, that somehow by like putting um, like higher income people and like making it a mixed income neighborhood is like it's like um, it's like making the area better. It's like mm. it's beneficial for all. It's it's um, like it's it's like they're like purifying the area in some regards. And I don't mm. agree with that. I think that like like Delon said, 
there's nothing wrong with the old Regent. Uh, right. I'm not an expert on Regent Park. Right. It's just right. an observation from me, but so uh, would I think you, that it definitely does raise that question. Abs- is, abs- absolutely. Is Nick the way to go? Is, is Condo City how we want to see Toronto? Grow? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I think it was Roy near the beginning of the film that talked about the melting pot of what Regent Park was like. And I mean, we, we talk about that a lot in, you know, Toronto, I suppose, and in Canada, really, I suppose, really, mm-hmm. even, don't we, with respect to, to even the, all these Syrian newscomers who are coming to Canada. And I mean, we take a certain amount of pride in that. But would you say, I, th- I think I kind of hear you saying that what's happening now is really not kind of melting pot focused. It's more of an economic kind of uh, mm-hmm. a distinction or an economic sort of uh, almost uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for urban urban planning is that is that what we're talking about here you know the way the way these you know let's let's change the area by putting you know richer people into it that's that sort of sounds like what yeah what, I, just, I just think like in many regards one of the lines that I remember that it didn't make the cut for the documentary but uh-huh. like it still sticks in my mind is like it's kind of like Toronto right now is being Manhattanized in many regards like right. um <laughs> <laughs> like this, like the real estate is out of this world. Like even like for me and like I'm born and raised in Toronto. On my street, um, just in like by Peep and Danforth, it's like a pretty average street. You know, it's nothing too special. And like when I bought it, it was like my mom bought the house um, when I was like a kid. It was 180, 180, 160 thousand dollars. And now there's streets on my or there's houses on my street that are selling for like a million dollars. And these houses aren't like mansions. Like they're like they're pretty like way out for them they're pretty chill like they're just like a normal mm, kind of home mm. and uh it, I don't know, in some regards it's like is this a sustainable model for our city you know what i mean like to have like you see wages are stag stagnating um people's incomes aren't going up yet the real estate market in toronto is skyrocketing and that's definitely something that we kind of want to tackle in our film is that like this school is very representative in many regards of how the city of Toronto is changing and how Toronto is becoming Manhattanized and how the city is becoming, uh, like many people, like they say, it's like we're on the quest to become a world-class city, but at whose expense are we becoming a world-class city and what does that even mean? Right, right, I definitely think that there's like larger issues in our film that we tackle. Like it's definitely more than just your average basketball film. Um, And I'm very like lucky that like my parents growing up, they were like very like politically conscious. They like, they got me like to read the newspaper. They're both they both come from like journalism backgrounds, so maybe that's why like at a young age I was able to kind of like tackle these issues with my team. Runs in like, the family. Oh. It's kind of ironic to me, Luke, that e- the Eastern is, and I'm I- interested to know why you just called it Eastern and not Eastern Commerce, but that you're talking mm-hmm. about a business school, a commerce school, and yet. Your film is all about sports and about the community, you know, and and the and the community around it. And and what you know what I love about your film is it's really actually has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, kind of, yeah, it's like like if it's like basketball is like the basketball is like it's like if, it's like you really like sneakers. Like I I, don't know, I enjoy like sneakers. I love shoes, right. but it's like. It's about it's like it's about the outfit, but the sneakers are just a part of that outfit, right? Like those are just like an accent. Well, that like you, you, you t- like you said earlier, you talked about the glue and about the onion, and I mean, I mean, we're talking yeah. we're talking about pedagogy here. I want I want to hear more about Miss Khan. I want to hear I want to hear a little bit about about you know what appears to be almost your love. You know, you talked about I think before we had the uh, you know the recorder on. You talked about pouring love 
into this film. I mean, it's really, mm. it's really evident to me. And, and what, what all, what, what's also really beautiful is the, is the, hmm, is the passion that comes out, the, 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 the love that comes through from, from the guys, the, the people that you interview as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a genuine, authentic, uh, desire to tell the, this story. And, yeah, and, and, one, you know, clearly this school, the, this environment, this re- old Regent Park community had a, had a serious yeah. impact on these guys' lives. Absolutely. Like one thing that really struck me, um, like I like I kind of come from like a writing background before I started making films. And um, one of the things that really struck me was like I did interviews with like probably over 30 people. And um, after every single interview, one theme that was recurring was that, like, people afterwards, they say, oh, thank you so much for doing this. Like, before they even, like, knew that I could make, like, a film that was, like, film festival caliber and that was, like, good enough to be broadcasted on TV, like, people would come up to me and they'd be like, thank you so much for, like, taking the time to do this. Like, we really appreciate it. Like, Mm. it seems like the story was overlooked. And, like, that's one thing that, like, really, like, resonated with me. It was, like, I'm still kind of curious, like, why didn't, like, the major media, like, focus on the story you know i felt like it was something that was like very swept under the rug and at the same time like while other people miss an opportunity at the same time i saw it as an opportunity to tell this great story and like it would have been really sad if i didn't make this film and this whole like uh community story was lost like i remember one day it was like i've been working on this film for a while we just got funding from Ryerson university and we were just starting to really ramp it up and like start to like make this thing a reality and, like, I was in this room, and it's, like, the coach's office at Eastern. If you've ever been to Eastern, you know the coach's office. And there's this big, huge wall. And, like, there's, like, photos from every single every single generation of Eastern commerce. So it's, like, dating back to, like, the 70s black and white photos, photos of all the greats. And then, like, everyone knows that wall. And then I went, and there was the last day of the high school before it closed. And this, the whole wall was gone. All the photos were down. And I was, like, wow, like, this is really done. You know what I mean? Like, and then they had all the photos, and they were just, like, sitting in this envelope. And then, like, without even telling any of the teachers, like, I took them all, I scanned them home, and then I <laughs> brought them back to the teacher the next day. And, like, when I had all those at home and I was, like, scanning them and I had them all in front of me, I was like, wow, like, I have this whole school's history right here, mm, this whole community nice. right here, like, in my house. Like, if I don't tell the story, like, it's going to be lost, you know? So, so was, like, incredible moment was, like, so, important so, for me. So, journalism student, clearly I can hear it. You've got a ton of passion, truckload of, of, of uh, commitment and intention is which is amazing and, and, and awesome what about capacity what about holy smokes what have i done once the camera started rolling um you know am i am mm. i ever gonna finish this project it's way too big how do i how oh, do man. i edit how do i, I edit this it. story into something that's you know meaningful and makes sense yeah that was like that was really hard like i had this one point where like i almost burnt out so like i was like working so hard on the project for so long and like the days were long and while I was working on this project, I was also like working full time at the gym. So like when we were doing shooting days, I'd like have to scramble to get people to cover my shift. And like, it was nonstop, nonstop. And like, there was a point it was like in the summer and I was like, Oh, I don't even know if we're going to be able to finish this. Like we have like, like almost like hundreds of hours of like people talking and the shots and stuff. Like, how are we going to turn this into and like make this into something that's like digestible and that's like as powerful mm-hmm. as the interviews. Cause as you're doing the interviews, like, just listening to the people talking like I learned so much about the sure. school and I learned yeah. so much about Easter and I learned I so much about the Toronto basketball community so like there's definitely a moment where it was like wow like I have all of this all these memories acquired and like I have them all how am I going to do this and like I just took a little bit of time to like breathe relax 
step away from the project, came back to it. And like, I realized that at the end of the day, like while timing is important, like it's what, what's more important is for us to take the time to do this the right way, sure, tell the right sure, story, sure. do it like the right way. So like once we paced ourselves and like, instead of like going hard every single day, we'd be like, okay, let's go every other day and let's go to the edit suite. And we did, did that at editing suite right at Ryerson university downtown um just like <laughs> with other students around us working so it's like a true student production in many regards it's funny too like just to show like how this is like really just like the start of like my career and the start of um like my love for like documentary making like to pay people to get the film done i was like paying people with like my osap money it's like my ontario <laughs> student loan money so that's how we were paying the cinematographer the um sound recordists and it was a real student production but and also <laughs> thankfully ryerson ryerson supported and funded the project nice. which is like incredible to have that so it seemed like the film was like a snowball effect in many regards like it was started with a good idea and then like people started believing in it and like the community got behind it and it seemed like every time we achieved one more thing it would open up another door and it just kept on rolling and like yeah. i guess like i had the idea that maybe we could get into some film festivals but at the end of the day the way i looked at it was like i just want to like make sure just, people know this story you just wanted special so so you didn't really have a an end goal in mind other than telling getting getting it done getting the story finished getting it edited and then trying to get it into some uh i don't know some so get it onto some kind of a platform whether it was a festival or tv or the web or whatever yeah for sure yeah, yeah. So like the way i kind of like look at it is like it's a very like for me this is like a very special time for me because like my intentions as like a storyteller as a filmmaker as a journalist like right now like i'm lucky like i'm supported by my mom at home like i have a right. time job nice. so like yeah. it's like right now i'm in like a space where i can kind of like create things that like move me and it's stories good. that like are important to me it's great so, like, right well now, you like, know what's so like, what's so brilliant about that Luke, what's so brilliant about that is that you you're you're aware of it that you're acknowledging it and saying uh, this is this is a real this is a great space to be in and i'm i'm going to use this time and this in this support wisely and that's that's amazing to me um, yeah, I wonder. Absolutely. I wonder if I wonder if Michael Moore started out or Errol Morris started out being supported <laughs> by their mom. <laughs> hey, I'm sure Michael Moore gives credit to his mom. He's a <laughs> I bet he guy. Does. So. I bet he does too. <laughs> hey, listen. Tell me. Tell me about if you can. Tell me or even your own personal sort of story as you as you interviewed uh, uh, folks uh, about Miss Khan. My, my my wife Elizabeth's a teacher. I teach a course mm, a year. My, con is amazing. My, my brother's a principal. It's, it's very much a part. The idea of, of having an impact in somebody's life as a teacher to me is, I think, an incredible thing. And I think sometimes Absolutely. I, I think sometimes we undervalue it. You really seem to focus on that. And the few people that talked about Ms. Khan, they, they were, wow, you know, they were, they were clearly impacted by this, this woman and her approach and how she taught. Absolutely. So, um, just for like people who haven't seen the film, so Miss Khan is a teacher at Eastern, and she was um, she taught art and uh, some math classes. But like where she really made a mark and um, set herself apart as this legendary teacher is that she took the time to help these students academically. So they went to a study hall, and she was the person who would uh, like um, like help them pass their classes and help them like succeed academically. And, like, all of the students, so, like, a lot of people who went to Eastern, they had the goals of going NCAA Division One, getting scholarships for basketball. But something that's often ignored is that to get that scholarship, you have to have high academics, and your marks have to be just as good as your game in some regards. So Ms. Khan, she, like, took time to be with all these students. And the thing that's amazing about Ms. Khan is, like, by the time we were making the documentary, she was actually a retired teacher 
but she still would come to the games and like wow. once she started that we were filming the filming the documentary she would like come to our shoots and like she would like help us out and like she would provide us with all these like scanned photos and like miss Khan came to all of our screenings so like miss Khan, she's like she lives she lives and breathes eastern she's like a and like the thing like with this documentary is like this teacher and this person who's like an educator she's like making such a difference in these people's lives she's very emblematic of what eastern commerce represented to people within the basketball community and um yeah miss Collins, she's just as amazing as in the film honestly mm. she's like one thing that like is amazing like I'm, i wasn't a student who like um got my academics up from her but like so we were having trouble tracking down jamal mcglure who's in the nba with the toronto raptors um he wouldn't like he, he just wouldn't get back to us for an interview no love lost he's like an amazing guy he's my, my boy now but, like, it's funny, so he, he, like, wouldn't get back to us. And then we were going to this event, and then, like, we heard he might be there. So, like, oh, we can try and interview him there. Right. And then I, I went up to Miss Khan because she was also at the event. And I was like, hey, Miss Khan, I've already asked Jamal. He hasn't really got back to me. But I know that if you asked him, Jamal Maguire will not say no to you. So then she was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. So then I was in there for this. My, um, my friend Robert, who is also, he's the executive producer of the film, he was with them. And then Miss Khan goes up to Jamal Maguire, and she's like, Jamal, they want to do an interview with you. They're making this great documentary. And then Jamal McGlure, he's like, anything you say, Miss Khan, he puts his arms in the air, and then he walks out and does the interview with us. <laughs> and it's not like Jamal McGlure was like, the documentary wouldn't have been a success without Jamal McGlure, but I feel like if we didn't have him, it would have been like leaving out a gap. Like, he's mm. the most known Eastern Commerce alumni. So, yeah, Miss Khan, she's the best. And then it's funny, after she did that thing, getting Jamal McGlure and also Simeon Mars for us, she at the end of the day, we gave her a hug, said bye to her, and then she gave us candy too. She's like literally the greatest <laughs> human in the world. Like I have so much respect for her. Like That's she's awesome. someone who like I definitely want to like stay in contact such... with, like get dinners with, and like she's a lifelong friend it's, at the end of the day. So it's such it's amazing a... that film can do that. It, well, it is, and it's it's amazing that people do that too, right? And I think it's amazing that you were able to capture some of that. That that you know, I love. I mean, this is what I do. Why I do what I do. You know, the development work that I do. Why I do a podcast. Why I interview people like you that are that are providing stories and providing a narrative for us to say. You know what? We can make a difference. We can give back. We can we can drop that pebble in the pond and watch the ripples grow. And this is a beautiful way, Absolutely. I think, to see Miss Khan's impact. Who was it that said in the film? And I um, I've got the quote here. If it wasn't for her, I would never have made it. Yeah, that was uh, Doug Johnson. He was a former stando basketball player at Eastern in the '90s, and it seemed like that was like like a reoccurring theme with all of these basketball players and these people who were young men at the time. They looked back at their time at Eastern and they said, like, Eastern shaped me. Eastern made me right, who I am. And right. it seemed like the lessons that people learn through sport and through education, through Eastern, is something that's very unheard of in the Canadian um, the Canadian sports community. So it is, like, an amazing story that kind of fell in my lap. And I feel like, in some regards, like, I was, like, born to tell this story. You know, it's, mm, like, nice. it combines so many things that are, like, of my passion. Like, as a student, I love, like, sociology. I love politics. I love basketball. I love film. I love, like, visual storytelling. I love, like, community. I love my East End community. So it's, like, it was, like, a perfect story for me to really, like, get my feet in the water, so to speak, in the film community. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a, so, a great storm. So we're going we're gonna to wrap it up in a second here, Luke. But tell, tell, me, tell me what's next for you uh, from a documentary perspective. Are you in the middle of something new? And then is, is there a life uh, beyond the festival now for Eastern? Is it, is it going to be going into schools? Mm. What's, what's next for the film? Uh, so right now with Eastern, we're, uh, we're talking with some broadcasters. So we have some interest from two different broadcasters. 
Um, we're currently weighing our options, but the goal is to definitely like, get the story out there and get it um, to a wider market. We've been in film, five film festivals so far, um, all screenings in Toronto, um, including our final one, which is at the Regent Park Film Festival. And I feel like we've done the festival circuit. It was an amazing experience. It was so cool to see my work um, displayed in like in a theater. It was like surreal. Um, so there's that. So we're going to try and get it broadcasted. I think we'll be successful with that. So um, look out for it on TV. And then I'm working on a next documentary right now. Actually, a few. Mm-hmm. I just finished a documentary for my school for class. Um, very happy with how that turned out. But I'm also working on another uh, community documentary. It's literally another story in my own backyard. Oh, that's great. Um, so just working on that right now. We've got getting some funding for it right now. So we have most of the funding we need, and we're looking to shoot in the summer. So I'm definitely, I realize that, like, Eastern has kind of blessed me with this opportunity, and, like, it's given me a platform. Sure. So i got to just keep on running with it. And try you got to keep going, man. Keep, keep the wave going. That's what it's all about, man. Keep producing. Keep um, keep so going. It sounds stories, to me like it sounds to me like you got a whole lot of stories uh, waiting to be told and uh, standing on. I mean, you know, uh, every every poet right uh, sees another story, sees another line, sees another poem around around it. Pretty much every corner, every person they meet, every hand they shake. Right? It's absolutely the, their stories are there to be told. Luke, thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate your generosity. I appreciate your 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 thinking and your your passion for Toronto and for for telling stories. And, and for the film Eastern, it really was terrific. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great piece. And uh, I hope you get it into into high schools. You know, a film about, how's this? A film about students, yeah, by students, for cool. students. <laughs> how's that? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate your yeah, time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.